Hello again, and welcome to Killing the Great White Male. Today, we have more of our conversation with uh, Katrina Valbrecht around the book Pleasure Activism by Adrian Marie Brown. Hey, if you haven't shared this one, this podcast in a while, please hit that share button, link it to Facebook or Instagram or wherever the hell you do that social media stuff. Um, hell, make a TikTok about it if you're into that thing. Um, but but share it, talk about it. I'm starting to see people actually from the white male perspective talk about what it would be like if we didn't have this this paper doll stapled to our faces. I think there's a lot on the other side of this. So share it out there. You might be surprised who else wants to engage this with you. Last time we left off with Katrina's comment about being dependent on other people looking at me and calling it good as one of the, the troubling realities of, of being on stage and in theater. Um, and yeah, hell yeah. Even though I, my brain went a different direction with that stuff, I also hear very clearly, yeah, this is a thing. I, I know exactly what she's talking about. So there you go. Um, I guess let's, uh, let's dive right back in. And yes. I have to, and, and that invades every part of my life in a really nasty, negative way. Um, you know, like I'm looking at applying to grad school right now, and I'm realizing like every time I try to construct a personal statement or talk about what I want or talk about who I want to be, I instantly transport myself to the lens of the imagined other judging me rather than just feeling passionately into who I am. And so my practice every day now is like, how do I get out of other people, what I think other is going on in other people's heads and live in this body, in this space, in this head and call that good enough and call that more than good enough. Call that the desired experience. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. And uh, so as you were talking, I'm like I, the, the lack of mirror thing, like I, what I hadn't, put together is it so one of the practices that i had to cultivate well i learned about it through helping other people through panic attacks or that kind of stuff you know helping them touch something and just feel it you know mm -hmm. um is one of the one of the things to try it works for a lot of folks and i realized yeah. i was like touching my knee and it it's the knee with my tattoo my yeah. full leg tattoo. And I, I realized like that's part of it. First off, I never get to see this whole tattoo because it's my whole fucking leg. And yeah. like I, I need mirrors to see it. And and when I see it, I'm always like, whoa, that's on my fucking leg. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But there's also something about just like I realize I'm this aversion that I have to my hairy body. Um huh. And yet I play with my hair constantly. Like here, here I am the, the inside of my knee right now and just playing with it. And something you said, just like, you know, that this is a good hair, you know, mm -hmm. and that this is a good knee uh, that like I can take what I, and when I was having panic attacks before I did the last of my anxiety work, like over a year ago now, um, like that practice of being present to whatever I'm touching, 
I think that's actually a doorway for me. It's something I, I, I hadn't anticipated that I, I'm processing out loud. This is what it sounds like. It's a fucking mess, but there's something there <laughs> that I want to try. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to follow that and see if I can just simply touch some part of my body and consider it good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I think there's a really important larger context here where um, the goal is not to do all of the things that are prescribed to us so that yes. we, that we get better and become good and become good white people or good <laughs> straight people or good, whatever it is that we're like trying to um, work out. Right. In, yeah. in our, like the, the, the goal is to do the real work, not the prescriptive work that we think we're supposed to do. The goal is to develop real, genuine individual relationships with our bodies, with our identities, with our selves, so that we can show up as whole people who can then also do the larger societal work of creating space where everybody is allowed to feel as good as we do. And the the act of feeling, something she says in here, um, the act of feeling good, uh, I'm paraphrasing, the act of feeling good is uh, a radical is is part of the revolution. Like like yes. that is a your like one of your contributions to the revolution should be your own ecstatic existence in your own body, it, especially where you're marginalized, but also where we're not. Like the acceptance of ourselves as whole, even where we're privileged, without giving precedence to that privilege. We can we're individual people. We're not constructs we are messy incomplete weird bizarre multifaceted beings and when we come together from that individual perspective that's where we can actually make change yeah it's important to deconstruct the structural systems that we all live within without degrading our own individual persons to a level where we're unable to be present and do work and, and and it's actually essential because that's actually the it's the way we change the world because the second oh, I transform my yes. my experience of my own body my world is changed and yes. we can talk and about the world is changed because it, of it. It, it we can talk about the effects that it has on other people but the reality is my world has changed and the only world I can perceive is my world so the world changed yeah, like, yeah absolutely right there. And the and the the a, a decolonial perspective that we need to adopt is the idea that we are all interconnected, that we are not rugged individualists yes. who only strive for our own. You know, it's so it's so important to. Um, she makes a distinction between pleasure and hedonism. You know, yes. like ple- pleasure and experience is not the act of selfishly pursuing only your uh, shallow and superficial interests. Like. Yes pleasure is the whole beast I and mean, we we talked about that before it's sorrow and the pain it's deep whole feeling which is what it, it's important for me to continue to imagine the world that we want to create and exist in the world and that world that i want to exist doesn't have anybody hating themselves for any reason mm. or or disparaging um, innate parts of themselves and saying this part of me is bad and this part of me is wrong. That's not the world I'm looking to construct. <laughs> That's it's, not the world I want my nibblings to live in. You know, it's not a world that actually works. Like that is 
that is the world that creates the divide that that swallows us I yeah mean, that's, that, i mean that's the world we live in now yeah we're there it's yeah. why we have people shooting up massage parlors mm -hmm. uh, uh, all right so how are we wrapping today like, I feel like we just, like, I'm pretty sure you just wrapped the fuck out of the book. Like, that was beautiful. Um, well, I have to say, I feel like I could talk for three more days. There's so much we didn't cover. There's so much we could talk about. There's so much we could get into. But I do feel like we we definitely hit on the thesis of the book and, and the basic points. But I would recommend to anybody listening that if they want to do this work, this is a great book to really take a journey with yourself oh god oh, yeah I, and i'm gonna we I'm only talked about one homework assignment but there's homework assignments throughout the damn book too well, this is really interesting this is what i would like to do i think that you and i in the spirit of this should find some very pleasurable end segment to wrap this up on like can we take maybe one of the homework assignments that was really fun for us or like something really cool that we discovered about ourselves and talk about that so that we could end on a feeling of like deep hope and respect and love. Well, okay. Here's, here's what it was for me. I asked my partner to read it. Ooh. Um, because it, it stirred up so much for me. Um, one of the things I've, suspected for a while our, our relationship is monogamous and it will stay that way as far as i'm concerned until both of us unless both of us decide we want it to be different when you mentioned that i started turning to the homework assignments at the end and i was like nope can't do that one nope can't do that one because it one of the things that she questions heavily is monogamy and i've come to yeah. the conclusion that i probably was not intended for it sure <laughs> um uh, but, but I will, I will hold it because that's, and I will honor it because that's how we chose to construct the relationship. And unless she wants something different than that as well, then, you know, it's not something I'm, you know, that's going to get explored. Um, and that's okay. Like, I guess yeah. my, you know what? My threesome is with me, myself and, and, and her. There we go. That's the, uh, that's really cute. And I, that's adorable. And I love that. I don't mean to. I don't mean to disparage that. I just love the idea of like my threesome is with me, myself, and my partner. And I'm like, fuck yeah, because there is a multitude. In yes. Here. Yep. And and I think that's the. I mean, that's that's the lie again of the prescription, is that. You know, having multiple partners means you know all of these other people instead of looking at well. The, I mean, it's the same conversation we we just had about work like okay i'm at this desk because this is where work occurs but it doesn't mean that i can't you know stick a chunk of gum under there and feel it because it feels funny to me um yeah. like you know that pleasure has a lot of different aspects to it that are available to us um yeah and and, and i think that's the thing that's exploding for me is i i have to get back to pleasure practices I, people talk a lot about gratitude practices Mm. I'm not overly fond of them. Word. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but, but she acknowledges in the book, the pleasure and gratitude go hand in hand. And I'm like, you know, but you're right. But first I got to feel the fucking pleasure. Damn it. Yes, totally. And um, something else that was brought to my attention once, once was the idea of a satisfaction practice. Um, because gratitude uh, is great and is a wonderful practice, but, th but there's also, 
there's if you're if you're somebody who's felt like they've been made to thank other people constantly for oh God, yes. like meeting your needs or not meeting your needs at all, but you still have to perform thankfulness, gratitude can be a little bit triggering. It's especially um, it's, true for female coded folks. Right, totally. Like where where your whole life is based around thanking people for the right to just exist in space and sometimes not even that. Yep. Um, so, so for me, I started out, I heard this idea, I don't remember where it's from, this idea of like, just sit down and feel satisfied. Like, look at, think, rather than being grateful for all the things in your life, think about all the things in your life that satisfy you and indulge yourself in that feeling of satisfaction without having to have this like extra coded moment where you are grateful to God or your parents or whoever you're supposed yeah. to whatever the trigger in your head is telling you you're supposed to feel thankful for. I mean, so, I, you know, I, I got to admit, I hit gratitude real fast the second I feel pleasure. Absolutely. Like once once you can actually experience the pleasure, but but for me like I'm so cut off from my body sometimes that to even like you said, to even experience the pleasure is like, well, I still haven't even gotten there. Yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. I'm not even enjoying the privileges <laughs> that I mean, of course I'm enjoying the privileges, but like um, you know, we recently started making uh, more money than we ever have, and I've I've found myself having a hard time getting in the habit of understanding that I'm so much safer now than I've ever been in my life oh, because wow. I I have a legacy in my body of of unsafety of economic unsafety, yep. and so unlearning that is a, it, it didn't just go away when the when the money started being more stable yep. like. I have to unlearn that somatically in my body. Like my limbic system needs to, I need to constantly soothe it and I need to consciously sit and, but the gratitude thing has, sometimes it triggers me because it's like, oh, I'm supposed to be grateful for finally getting to not worry if we can make rent next month. And I, the anger comes up in me and now I'm dealing with my anger. So I'm like, okay, maybe we can baby step to gratitude. <laughs> maybe it's, I can buy this on Amazon and not check my bank account right away. Right? Like, what a fucking revelation. Middle classedness is a fucking trip. Like, anybody who, anybody who's, who has not experienced um, poverty, man, you guys have no idea. I, I don't wish it on anybody, but, like, yeah. it, is, it is fascinating to, to go from being so poor you don't know how poor you are to... Yeah. Um, being able to have a semblance of stability in your life. It is, it is shocking. Without reference to um, constantly having to negotiate uh, pleasing other people to ensure the continuance of your existence. You know, it's wild. Yeah. Um, I had a thing that I, want to bring, I wanted to bring up Ooh. that is my pleasure thing that we didn't that we didn't get to. So I think I'll bring it up here because it's so vital and important and exciting and thrilling and delicious to me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is, um, my relationship with nature and the places that I live and my deeply sensual human, vital experiential connection to the environments that I, the, the non-human environments that I live within. Mm. Um, I've, I've never, I, I always have lived semi-rurally. I live in, I've lived in small cities and towns my whole life. And yeah. that has been a huge part of my survival. Um, 
And I also was raised initially in a very fucked up religion, but one that was quite animistic in many respects. And so mm-hmm. my, my interest and my um, instinct to go out and be with trees and animals and the dirt and the mountains, mm-hmm. those were all validated. Those were all valid experiences that I had as a kid. And I, and I, did, but I didn't understand until much later that most people who grow up in like standard Western uh, <laughs> religion here in this country get that beat out of them pretty oh, quick. God, yes. Viewing natural phenomena as entities or persons gets beat out of us. This was one of those moments that kind of flew by me in the experience itself. But in the in the listen back to to make the cuts uh, into segments. By the way, I don't cut material unless a guest asks me to, and nobody's ever actually asked me to cut a particular portion. So there you go. Um, I just cut them into chunks so that we can listen to them in palatable chunks instead of the <laughs> two or three hour <laughs> extravaganza that that would be. Um, but it this notion struck me so hard in the listen back as I, as I, as I cut it into this episode, like, what does it mean? What does that mean for our relationship? Not just with the earth. Cause I think that that one becomes pretty obvious. The cost of that is well, fucking global warming, global climate change that we are driving with our habits and our consumption. But I think there's more to it than that. What does it do to us to, to not view ourselves as natural, to not view ourselves as, yeah, well, I guess the, the easy one is the, the question of the divine or like that which is magical and, and worth being in awe of. How does all of that get affected by this division that is, I mean, bluntly, if you've spent time with kids, they can pick up a leaf and tell you the story of this leaf's life like like it's their best friend and and then take it home and sleep with it for the next 2 months. Um so when Katrina said this this the, that 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 gets beat out of us, my first thought on the listen back was so who benefits from that? Cuz it certainly isn't us, it certainly isn't the earth. Who benefits? from there being this horrible gap between us and the magical, us and the, like, the awe of this stick. What are the consequences? So there you go. That's what we've got for this time. Looking forward to talking with you again soon.